Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. This show presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. It is part of the 440 Sports Network. Our guest this episode, Vanderbilt quarterback Ken Seals. Let's get right into our interview with Ken. Ken Seals is with us now. Ken is uh, playing wounded, I guess is a good way to say it. He kind of lost his voice in the swamp trying to call signals above the crowd, or so goes the theory, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was um, a couple points in the game. It got really loud, so I apologize if I sound a little more uh, deep-toned than normal. Well, it's all good. Um... Look, what what was different offensively on Saturday? It felt like you guys had some stuff going in the first half. Um, there were some interesting calls, to say the least. Um, one that took a touchdown off the board. But it seemed like, mm-hmm. despite the zero on the scoreboard, you had 200 yards of offense, and there were some things that were working well for the offense uh, from what I saw. Yeah, I mean... You know, it was frustrating. The The first half, I thought we were very productive at moving the football. You know, we were, I think it was like five for 11 on first downs for the day. Uh, ended up having, uh, like you said, like 200 yards of offense. Um, and, you know, at halftime, I think, I'm not sure. I, I wasn't able to check, but someone told me we had more yards than them. And it was 21 to nothing. And, you know, we just couldn't finish drives. Would that be, you know, offense uh, not getting in the end zone on fourth down because of the overturned call right before half or, you know, special teams not being able to execute? Um, there were just things that were going on, and um, it was frustrating. But I think, you know, obviously we were moving the football. We look at, you know, it was brought to my attention today, uh, you know, Kentucky obviously beat Florida the week or week before. And, um Kentucky only had 47 offensive plays and we ran, I think it was 82 on Saturday. Um, Kentucky went like one for nine on third down and we're five for 11. So it's like, that's a good defense we're playing. And honestly, we felt like we were performing at a level that was good enough to put us in the game. And, you know, it's frustrating because you say that, and then realized that there was a zero on the scoreboard, and that's inexcusable. Um, but, you know, it just shows uh, shows all of us on the team that we're right there. And that team was within three points of playing Alabama, and it's not like they're a bunch of slaps either. Like, they, we know that they're talented, but it also helps us realize that we're talented too. And, you know, like I've said this entire time that y'all have been listening to me talk on here, like, Whenever we're operating, I really don't feel like there's anyone that can keep up with us. And, um, you know, it sucks that we weren't able to finish drives like we uh, we know we could have. Um, whether that be, you know, we I remember one drive and then half we had a, uh, a holding call. Um, we Whether it be sacks, um, different things, it's just uh, disappointing to say the least, you know, because I felt like we put up a form that was worthy of – you know, a a better score. And certainly the score was not reflective of the performance that we had. But um, all all week, the focus is going to be making sure that we finish, finishing plays, finishing drives, and uh, playing a complete four-quarter, 60-minute game. So 
that's kind of my opening monologue to the to the game but it was uh yeah tough day out there and felt like it was just at our fingertips the whole time you know Ken, I don't want you to give away state secrets here, but it did seem like the approach to the game was a little different in terms of philosophy. You had some, uh, I think you handed one off on a jet sweep. The running backs were a lot more involved in the passing game than they've been. Now, look, sometimes you find things in an opponent where the game plan is a little different uh, for that particular week, and maybe it goes back yeah, to what it was before. But it, it, did, it did seem like there were some philosophical things that I thought were maybe holes in the play calling that started to get filled a little bit more. Is that fair? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I feel like um, the game plan that we had was to try and um, make their big guys move and run around, and we wanted to attack space and attack the edge of the field. We know that they have uh, good athletes in their secondary that uh, you know they like to get up and press us and play man. And um, we're ready for that. And so we're going to try and create mismatches using our uh, shifts and motions. And uh, that was probably whenever you look at the offense visually, what was different was um, the motions and the shifts that we used. And that was a, a big part of our game plan going into the week was making sure that we were operating on uh, all phases of offense, uh, each one of the players, making sure we're all keyed into you know, the pre-snap process. Uh, we ended up having no pre-snap penalties. And for being in, you know, a hostile environment like Florida and for having so many uh, motions and shifts uh, like we were bringing in with our uh, offensive package this week, um, we were we were very proud of how we played, you know, a disciplined football game. And I think we only ended up having like three penalties for 35 yards total on the day. And, um, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of stuff that we can improve on and get better, but we felt like we were playing disciplined football. And, um you know, it, it, I keep getting back to the point in my head just, like, how frustrating it is to feel like, man, like, we were there and we had it. You know, I personally feel offended, hurt that, you know, I wanted to score a touchdown in the Swamp and against Florida, you know, a ranked team. And to have one of those opportunities pulled away, um, it hurts. But... You know, I think, you know, for the entire offense that, you know, we deserve more points and obviously what was up at the end of the game. But, yeah, I think the um, the game plan was we had a good game plan going into it and it allowed for us to move the ball uh, down the field. I think we ended like six drives past the 50 yard line or like six drives in the red zone or something like that. It was it was some crazy like we were obviously moving the football and, you know. It was, um, we all felt comfortable. We all felt comfortable with the plays and uh, everything we were doing. So um, I think um, we're kind of starting, not starting, but finding out our uh, our top performance as an offense. And um, obviously it's not there because we're still missing one key aspect and that's the finish. But I think we're close. And I think we're really close to being a complete team. And um, especially for the opponents we got coming up later in the schedule, I'll be interested and excited to see uh, what we're able to do. Let's go ahead and get into the mailbag, if that's okay. Let's do it. I'm ready. All right. Our mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. This one you answered in a big way earlier, but I'll just ask it 
because maybe there'll be some facets of the question that you want to go into that you didn't before. Okay. VU Guard asks, you've now faced the cream of the crop in the SEC East as far as I'm concerned, one of which was on the road. In your opinion, how do you think we measure up? I don't think the score tells a real story. I would love to hear your opinion as one of the field generals. The perspective you mm-hmm. offer can't really be found by many right now, and I'd love to hear it. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. Yeah, so... You know, I think it's obvious, too, since you're asking the question, and I appreciate it, because I do feel like it wasn't reflective at all. And there were some points when it was uh, 28-0, and I'm like, this game should at least be tied right now. Like, and we can talk about the shoulda, woulda, couldas all we want, but, you know, there's there's a lot that we can do and um, a lot we can fix to make sure that we finish. And, um I think uh, that's everyone and the coaches and players are committed to making the changes that we see fit. But, you know, um, we, we were taking our shots down the field, not always connecting on all of them, um, hit a couple big ones. But certainly I think um, it's going to be an emphasis for us to create some more explosive plays. You know, we have like 13 and 14 play drives. I think we had two of them uh, that were 13 and 14 plays. And um it's just like, you know, you, you drive all that way down the field. And, uh, you know, I know we had you know the three missed field goals and whatnot, but, you know, that's on, that's on the offense ultimately to make sure that we get in the end zone. And if you look at, you look at the three missed field goals, you look at the fourth down touchdown that got overturned. I mean, I'm not good at math, but there's, there's enough points right there to be like, okay, like that could effectively change the momentum of the game. If, you know, it happened at the right times and, you know, you never know what happens uh, whenever you have the momentum and who knows on offense, you know, we start to find another click, another rhythm and uh, we're hitting some more shots and it's a completely different game. And it's just, I know how bad these guys want it and I know how bad I want it and how hard we work for these opportunities. And they're so like few and far between. And especially now as the we go later in the season. The games seem to go by so quickly. And the opportunities are just not, you know, abundant. Like, you work so hard to make sure that you take advantage of every opportunity that you have. And, um, you know, we had opportunities out there. And they were ours to be had. And um, we did not take complete advantage of them. And, 
it's going to be something that we're make sure that we're going to get fixed. And I feel confident in the way that I'm playing right now. I feel uh, very good in my approach and my uh, mentality towards the game. And, um, you know, feel confident as a leader of this team to make sure that I'm leading guys in the right direction and we're doing everything that we can from here on out. And uh, we have kind of seen the the best, the bulk of our schedule. And we're worried about South Carolina this week going uh, away to another crazy environment. So it'll be it'll be similar in a lot of ways to the way we approached Florida. But I think um, this team knows what we have to do to be take that next step from being an average offense to a great offense. Colombiano Door asks, as the season goes on, does the staff allow you any type of input on how the offense should evolve, evolve week to week to make it more effective? For example, I think we should get more run or this type of concept, or what if we highlighted this route, et cetera, or get player X more involved? Yeah, so that's a good question. And typically how it works is, you know, coaches are obviously a lot more knowledgeable than what I am. And, you know, if a coach ever asked me, like, hey, Ken, what do you, what do you think we should do this week? You know, I might be like, okay, uh, it's kind of worrying me. Like, do you not know what we should do? Like, you're the coach. So I think it's always kind of like an uh, open door policy kind of thing. Like, if you got something you want to, you want to say, or you got an idea, like, I, I bring some ideas to the coach and most of them are rejected. And that's how it typically works with an uh, offensive coordinators and play callers. Um, I know even like, you know, I've talked to GAs who they have plays and we'll show the coach clips of, and, um, you know, just doesn't feel like it fits our offense or isn't completely comfortable running or calling that play. And so it's just not in. And, you know, we want to be as uh, fine finely tuned and detailed as we can and not being, you know, carrying a hundred plays into a week. So, um, you know, I, I have ideas, I guess I don't have a lot of ideas, you know, I haven't really been around the game a long, a super long time, especially not as long as some of these coaches and, you know, they have extremely like impressive backgrounds and have been to and have many colleges. And, you know, I had one year under coach Fitch as my offensive coordinator that's my experience, you know, so it's not really comparable, but, um, sometimes, you know, I do feel the need to say like, Hey, I think, I don't know, Cam or Devin body can go win on, win on this guy for us this week. Or I like, I like this matchup or instead of like this route on this play, what if we changed it to like a five yard in that way he can get in the window more, just, you know, simple things like that. And, um, you know, typically like coach, you know, coach never dismisses me, but you know, it takes him, to consideration and um, usually, you know, um, isn't always applied. I, I would say that there's sometimes that it does, it does uh, work. Tor King says, was the heat much of a factor in Gainesville uh, and are things handled differently during games in preparation for hot weather? Seems like we had more success offensively against Florida. Uh, was the play calling much different or better execution? Uh, I guess that's two questions there yeah. from Door King, so I'll let you get those as you please. Yeah, I mean, uh, it was a little bit hotter. And, uh, you know, I was actually talking to one of our linebackers, Jack Barton, and he was like, man, it's, it's kind of hot over here. But he's like, little as Florida, no, we got a whole team of Southern boys, so we're going to be fine. And I was like, yeah, I guess we do. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, it was a little bit uh, uh, warmer than we we're used to, but – I mean, we've 
trained all summer in the heat and it was a lot hotter in the summer whenever we were, you know, conditioning and running out in the turf field. So I think, you know, obviously we were prepared for it and it doesn't change the way that we practice at all. Um, and as far as affecting us, uh, I guess you'd have to ask like some of the guys to do a little bit more running. Um, I didn't feel like we were getting tired at all out there. I think we're one of the best physically conditioned teams in the conference and in the country. And, you know, whether it's, you know, hot or high elevation, like I think none of us ever really feel like we get tired out there. You know, you don't really ever see us falling down, cramping up. Like we're always in shape, hydrated, you know, we're when it comes to when it comes to conditioning and endurance and things like that, we're a very disciplined team. And as far as for the success of the offense, I think it's um, my ability to continue to grow as a decision maker and, um, you know, us finding our identity as an offense and what we're good at and uh, what we should do more of. But also, you know, I think um, last year, too, I was I had some success against Florida um i can't remember my exact stats but i think it was like uh 300 yards two touchdowns and, and an interception um and they you know we we had a it wasn't necessarily i'd say a close game at the end but at halftime i think we were down either a touchdown or 10 points or something and so i think you know we kind of um knew as an offense and as a team that you know these guys we played them last year and honestly like it wasn't like that big of a difference like it's not like there's some like you know hell on pedestal like god tier football players you know they're they're like us and i think you know that's that's the interesting part of college football is like a lot of times you'll play teams that get a lot of hype and everyone's talking about them but like we got to realize like we're on that same level like we are playing the same level of football as those guys are and it's weird for me, especially, you know, I still think I'm kind of young and new to the process, but it's, um, it, it's definitely interesting to like try and comprehend that that's the level of football that I'm playing on because I don't really like look at everything that's posted on social media or like, uh, publicly, you know, said about uh, me or the team or anything. So I never really think of myself on that level. And, um, you know, it, it's just, I guess, a confidence boost to know that we could hang with guys like that. And I think, you know, seeing the success that we had on offense this past weekend is uh, just going to add to some of that confidence as we move forward. ATL Door asks, instant replays, would you prefer a time limit on how long they can review a call or do you want them to get it right no matter how long it takes? Now, I... I, I were you able to take a nap in the time they were reviewing the uh, Chris Pierce touchdown I was or nine touchdown? I, I mean, I didn't know if we were on like another commercial break or what was going on, but I'm glad everyone else felt like it was that long because we were on the sidelines like, man, are they still looking at this? Like, what, what, like we were looking at it on the screen and obviously it's not as good as a TV, but we're like, what are they looking at? Like he caught it and CP's like, oh yeah, I definitely caught it. He's like, I was just on the ground because I got the wind knocked out of me. And, um, you know, it's so just unbelievable. Like, talk about getting stabbed through the heart. Just, like, man, like, what what a disappointing thing to happen. And that sucked. Having to go into the locker room after having that, that, that was disappointing. And uh, keeping the, the momentum going after that was uh, difficult. And, you know, I think it was obvious with the way we came out of, 
uh, halftime. But, you know, despite what happens in the first half, we got to shake it off, move forward. But holy smokes, I couldn't believe it. That was extremely frustrating. Theodore8 asks, how are your classes going this semester? Do you have a favorite? Is there one you didn't expect to enjoy but has been surprisingly fun? I, I appreciate the question, Theodore. Yes. Um, <laughs> my classes are going okay. I wouldn't say they're going good or great or anything like that. I uh, have actually gotten a little bit behind these last couple of weeks, so I'm uh, I'm working to get that back on track. Uh, starting today, actually, I will. I'll probably try after this. Probably try and get a uh, get some work knocked out. But um, I'm taking um, another computer science class for my uh, CS minor, and uh, I'm I'm enjoying that uh, pretty much. Uh, pretty or I'm enjoying that very much. So. It's um it's been good, you know. The class load's kind of uh, been a little bit easier on me than uh, last fall, and I know we've talked about that how um, uh, unwanted, and unfun that was of an experience, but uh, it has been going good. So thank you for asking. How much sleep do you get during a typical weeknight? What time are you usually getting to sleep, and what time yeah. do you usually get up? Yeah. Um, well. It, it depends. So like on um, Thursdays, I try and get to bed uh, around like a nine or 10 because, you know, two days before the game, that's typically when you want to have your best night's sleep. So Thursdays, you know, I, I try and make sure I get like eight or nine hours. But during the week, I don't mind like operating on like five or six hours, um, kind of depending on how much homework I have or how late I stay up watching film. So different things like that. And I'll wake up, you know, at like like 7, 7 times sometimes, like 7.30-ish. Uh, go in, like start to get some, uh, like start to warm up my arm and you know, make sure I get it iced for the day. And di- different things like that, getting stem on it, doing like a, uh, arm care routines that I do in the morning before classes and stuff. So um, it, it's nothing, I, I wouldn't consider it crazy. Definitely not like last year. What was different about last year? It was just the the coursework, the the amount of stuff that I was trying to juggle. Like, you know, I I, I had programming assignments that would take me like ten hours to complete, and I'd wait till like, yeah, it was. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not joking. Like, we had to fill out like a paper before um, we did the assignment. Like, there was like this: what's the assignment about? How long do you think it'll take you? And then once you're done, how long did it actually take you? And I'd always put in like. Yeah, it'll take me about like five or six hours. And then like at the end of it, I was like, how long did it take? It was like 12 hours. <laughs> I was like, this wasn't even close. But it was, um, yeah, it was extremely, extremely demanding of my time. And, you know, there'd be nights where I'm like at four in the morning and I'm like, I can take a quick two hour nap before I got to get up for morning practice. So it was. Man, uh, it was, so you, you're like, practicing on two hours sleep sometimes last year. Yeah. Yeah. How I mean, did you so, do that? Uh, it was difficult. <laughs> it was really difficult. Um, it, it 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 makes it difficult to like uh, focus on details, like small details. Yeah. And um, in practice and stuff. But I mean, you know, there was I wouldn't say a lot of times, but a couple of times when I just I didn't even have time to go to sleep. I just worked all the way up until practice the next morning. So it was it was crazy. And you guys don't get any preferential treatment on on priority registration. Is that correct? 
No, we do not. And, you know, it's something Coach Lee's talked to us about that he's working on. And um, I think that's, you know, part of his whole vision for creating the best student-athlete experience in the country. And um, I think he's well on his way to doing that. And, um, you know, we got to show that we're able to take care of our business in the classroom as athletes um, before we start getting um, any benefits uh, from academics. So, you know, that's another big emphasis for me to try and get good grades. How how do you do that when you're getting five six hours sleep a lot of nights and you're you're taking and manning class load and playing a physically demanding sport? I mean, your body will get used to anything. So like, I'll I'll, I'll be tired during the week. So like, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays are like my days to like try and get all my work done. After like Thursday and Friday, I really try and like not even think about school. And so, like, I'll, I I might have assignments that are due on those days, and I'll try and do them if I wasn't able to do them earlier in the week. But even if I don't do them earlier in the week, I'll just be like, I'm not even going to, like, try. I'm going to save it to turn in late on Sunday or something like that. So, like, the grind is definitely earlier in the week. But towards the end, that's when, you know, I get some more sleep. I can start thinking about football and the game. And that's kind of what, you know, keeps me happy and keeps me going. Now, are Sundays days where you get to rest or is that catch up on all your work day? Maybe it depends on the week, perhaps. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, it's we don't really have very much planned on Sundays. Uh, we have like a I will have like a player run team development meeting. Um, I go in and get, you know, we have, everyone has like injury check-in, like we're all required to go and get us checked out in the trainer. So we'll have that. And then, you know, an optional like lunch. And, uh, I'll usually go and watch the game and grade myself out on every play, which will take like two hours. So, uh, and then besides that, you know, if you just want to like rest or sleep in or hang out with friends, you know, that's kind of like your day to do it, but it's also to like get a head start on work for the week. So. Now, you've got friends, I think, at the other SEC schools, or a lot of them, if not all of them. How does their load of time between practice and class and the amount of time they get to rest and such, how does that compare to what you go through or do you know? Yeah, so I don't really have that many friends that I talk to at other SEC schools. I know we have guys that have came from different schools and, you know, obviously, you know, to no surprise, they say that the academics here is a completely different beast. I, I don't know what it's like, but I, I'm sure it's very different. But, you know, all the guys that are here, we don't want it easy. We, we want it the way that we got it right now. And, uh, you know, honestly, like I can say that since coming to Vanderbilt, my uh, work ethic and the amount of time I'm able to focus on tasks and assignments has significantly significantly increased since high school well apparently my dog is feeling your pain i don't know if you can hear him in the background now i think he stopped <laughs> is that what that but is? Uh, that, yes he's he makes an appearance on podcasts a couple times a week so um <laughs> probably woke the kids up just then so that's great too <laughs> that's um, funny and harbor door says hi ken i always get concerned when I hear a Vanderbilt commit posting highlights after they've committed as a player, how do you view this practice? Um, I I don't think of it as whenever you see a player post highlights, don't think of it as he's like trying to show other colleges. I think like especially in like the day and age of like social media and like 
the approval, like people seeking the approval of strangers is more like you just want to feel like the validation of like people like looking at you and thinking you're good. And, you know, you want the likes and the retweets and stuff. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think, you know, whenever I was getting recruited, like, even though I might have been committed, I don't think I ever did that. But if I was committed already, um, you know, I, I'd want guys to like, like and retweet whatever I was tweeting out. And, you know, if it was other schools, like, great. Like, it, it doesn't really necessarily like affect me. Like, oh, this guy retweeted my tweet. Maybe I should, maybe I should consider uh, Michigan. You know, it, it wasn't really like that. Um, I, I wouldn't worry about it at all. It's just guys, you know, trying to enjoy being in high school and being the best in their town of the sport. And they just, you know, want the recognition for it. There's nothing wrong with it. Well, they have friends and family on Twitter too, right? Yeah, of course. And it's, yeah. And I'm not saying it's just for other colleges to see. And it, it is mainly for their friends and family. But, you know, if colleges do like and retweet it, I don't think that's significant of anything. VU and GA says, when you were being recruited, did you pay attention to comments from fans of schools recruiting you? If so, did those comments influence your decision? I did. Um, it, w- it wasn't so much like what the comments said, I guess. Um, I guess it was more like uh, how many of them <laughs> were commenting or how many comments I got. It was It was kind of just like whatever I kept like seeing pop up on my feed, you know? And um, for me, Vanderbilt coaches would hit me up like every single day. And so I was always like in constant communication with the coaches here, uh, obviously of the old staff whenever I was getting recruited. But um, yeah, I mean, they uh, it, it really isn't like <laughs> it's not super serious. What happens on Twitter, I think kids are a little bit smarter about their decisions and, you know, take into account more factors than Twitter presence. Who was your primary recruiter to, to, to Vanderbilt? Um, it was probably uh, Coach Gadowski and uh, Coach Moorhead. Um, they, were, they were the guys that were always kind of in contact with me. And then uh, Coach Coach Q, we called him Coach Q. It was uh, uh, Coach Odom. Um, he's at uh, University of Texas now, but he, he was the one, you know, he's an QB, old QB assistant, and we would talk all the time on the phone. All right, this is the last one in the mailbag. P-Door asks, what's your favorite uniform combination and how does Vanderbilt decide on uniforms each week? You know, I think we're trying to go with a very, like, much more traditional approach. And so it's kind of like we have our home jersey, we have our away jersey. And uh, whether we wear white or black socks is kind of uh, up to the artistic approach of Coach Lee and what he's feeling like that week. So uh, I have no idea (laughs) how it's determined, actually. But um, I, I think our jerseys look clean. I like the way we look. And, um, you know, it, it's hard to tell. I think I think I probably like our uh, black uh, home jerseys uh, the best, if I had to pick. Um, I, I think those would be it. I, I think we look really good in all white, too, though. So uh, it, it's a toss-up for me. I, I really like what we're doing with the jerseys. Your uniforms aside, who else is in college football do you look at and say, man, those are sharp? It's the simple ones. It's not the ones like, you know, like Oregon's got some cool stuff, but it's just stuff like that just seems like too much for me. I, I like the like the simple, like, you know, like one color uh, schools that, you know, they don't they don't try and they're not trying to do too much, but it just looks like clean. Like I just like a, a clean look. 
And, you know, I might be you know, old, old school or whatever for that. But I feel like that that sentiment can be shared among uh, some other people listening. So, no, I'm with you. I actually, I think you guys are pretty close. I don't like yeah. the the exact simple Alabama or Penn State where you don't have logos and everything yeah, is totally plain. I think those are those are good. And I don't like Oregon or Maryland, especially some of the stuff Maryland used to wear. Um, you guys have got a pretty good combo now. My, my critique, and I've. I've worn this out in other places. I didn't think the Star V should have gone away. I think you you get that on the helmet, and I'm totally on board with the look you guys are, are rocking. But I, I think you guys, in terms of um, just being being simple but not uh, yeah. not too simple and not too crazy, I, I think you guys are pretty close. Yeah, and about the – I mean, I can de- definitely see for like you and other fans that have like been watching Vanderbilt football a lot longer than I have – uh, this the star V is kind of like uh, it, it's very symbolic. It's a big deal. I think the the thick the bold V, I think it looks really good. I think it just looks like it looks strong. It communicates like a level of like confidence and like strength uh, on the side of a helmet. And uh, it's not typical, but I th- I think it's pretty cool. I like I like the bold V on the helmet. <laughs> Uh, Ken, I'm out of questions in the mailbag. Anything worth going over tonight before we end the show? Um, man, I got nothing again. I apologize if my voice sounds a little raspy. I've been doing the best I can to sip on some water so it isn't awful and sounds like I'm trying to start a chainsaw or anything. But uh, uh, no, I appreciate you guys for another night and uh, looking forward to next week. I've performed much worse than you did tonight uh, in these, so... I appreciate what you did, and and, uh, like I said, it sounded great. And thanks for joining us, and best of luck to you guys in Columbia. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you, Chris. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.